We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield, and joining me tonight, one of my co-hosts over on Royals Farm Report. Two weeks in a row, we got some RFR love here on One Royal Way. Josh Kaiser joining me tonight. What's up, buddy? What's happening, man? Thanks for having me. I uh, Sorry I missed the show this last week. We had a double booking on the schedule, and uh, yeah, it just happens sometimes. But uh, happy to be here on uh, One Royal Way with you, man. And we had to get your beautiful voice and your beautiful face here on this podcast, on one of these podcasts here on KCSN uh, at some point this week. So we, we had to make it happen. I appreciate that. That's that's very kind of you. All right. Well, I hope that this show can be positive vibes only. Uh, I don't know if it will be that, but we can at least do our damnedest to try, right? Mm-hmm. That's um, right. So we'll, we'll see where this takes us, but uh, before we get into that, the show is always brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Let's hear a quick word from them. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go, and the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room. Big thanks, as always, to KCSC for sponsoring this show and helping you helping us get uh, baseball content to you here on KCSN. If you got a baseball or softball player in the area, be sure to go check them out. Go and train there. It's one of the best places in the area uh, for baseball and softball. All right, Josh. Well, I think you have a stiff drink like I do, so this will probably end up being a very cathartic conversation in some form or fashion. What we're going to try and do tonight is just – I mean, this past week has not been great for the Royals, Um, losing two out of three in Baltimore, losing the drop in the opener uh, to the Texas Rangers playing tonight. We're in the fifth inning of the game on Wednesday night. It's currently three nothing Royals. So hopefully this gets them off the schneid uh, and they're able to to pick it, pick up a win here on this road trip. It'll be the second one on this road trip, but uh, there's been so much talk about the season so far and, uh, Royals Twitter is kind of up in arms and people are upset. And I think rightfully so. And I think that'll be some of the conversation we have here. 
I, I don't know where to begin here. I think there's a lot to unpack. We're 27 games into the year. I know people want to act like the sky's falling. And <laughs> while I entirely disagree with that sentiment, I do think there is a lot of concerning stuff uh, going on with this ball club. So as you know, my guest here tonight, I'll let you kind of start off. Where do you want to start this? And we can just kind of work our way through as this uh, this podcast goes. Well, let's explore what you're what we're talking about. Why we think that this season is already 65 games into the season, where people are already kind of acting like they're apathetic, uh, they're giving up on the season, they're ready to blow it all up, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's interesting to me to explore that because I, I've watched 95 percent of these games. We've as as we cover the four Royals farm system, we've watched a ton of their games as well. Um, We kind of know what is behind them. What is the internal options for change as far as rosters go? I want to understand why people are already jumping off, jumping, jumping ship, uh, if you will. Is that because last year went so terribly? Is that because the year before that went so terribly? I mean, what is the cause of this? I, I totally understand it. I'm feeling it as well. And as a person, covering the Royals. It's tough. We had Alec Lewis on the Royals farm report. You guys did a great job on that episode, by the way, but even he's like, I don't know, man. Like nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows where to go from here. And I'm yeah, very uh, glad that I'm not the one responsible for turning the ship, turning the ship around and heading in the right, right direction. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like I have all the answers, uh, but yeah. at, at a certain point, and I know a lot of this stems from, you know, the term fan, fan is short for fanatic. People want and clamor for good baseball. And I talked about mm-hmm. it a little bit with Alex last week that there's a little bit of recency bias in here and that we know what winning baseball in Kansas City can be. And sure, as a small market club, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You're going to have some 100 loss seasons in here. That uh, just is kind of the nature of it. There's a lot mm-hmm. of other teams that go through that. And you would think that after a few years, and it seemed like we were being sold on, the Royals had a, a, a plan in place. We're going to draft all these college pitchers and we're going to develop. They're going to come to the big leagues. They're going to be a part of the reason why we're going to get all this rebuild moving. They're going to mm-hmm. help kickstart it. And then you go and get a guy like Bobby Wood Jr., generational talent. He's going to come up. He's on your opening day roster. There's a, There was a lot of, I think there was some legitimate buzz that the Royals could actually be kind of frisky. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think reasonable Royals fans did not expect them to be a playoff team this year. I don't even think they expected them to really contend for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I thought they needed to improve on where they were last year. They had a good month of September. Think maybe they can go win 77, 80 games, be kind of sneaky, finish second or third in the AL Central, and really catapult into 2023 and think, hey, we can go and compete for the division. We can compete with the White Sox. We can compete with the Twins. Uh, we can be right there with the Tigers to try and the Guardians and make this division not just so top-heavy with the White Sox. And right now it feels like we were sold a bag of bad goods that there really isn't a direction. There isn't a lot of development happening at the big league level. Guys that have left the organization and gone to other teams are producing in their roles very successfully. Mm -hmm. Alec Lewis mentioned it in his article. Like that doesn't go unseen in the Royals locker room right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that is just going wrong. And it's almost like Murphy's law at this point that anything that could go wrong (laughs) has like, Like Whit Merrifield went from being one of the most consistent players in baseball, then he has been outright terrible, one of the mm-hmm. worst hitters in baseball. And he hit a home run tonight, so maybe that turns it around. But he's been terrible. Carlos Santana has—he looks like the Carlos Santana we saw in the second half last year. Um, 
man, it, Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah. came up. And I think I think there was unrealistic ex, unrealistic expectations for Bobby Wood Jr. that he was going to come up and just light the world on fire. Like it's not that easy. But he has certainly right. been one of the positives on this team. Salvador Perez got out the gate terribly. Uh, all of these young pitchers, really outside of Daniel Lynch, have been downright terrible. Uh, Brad Keller even kind of got blown up a little bit yesterday. The the bullpen has certainly been a bright spot, but I think people had higher expectations for what this roster could be, and they decided to run it back essentially with the same roster they had last year, not make any significant moves, not make any trades that were talked about, not really go into free agency with anybody, that it was going to be this kind of veteran-laden lineup plus Bobby Witt Jr. Mm-hmm. and these young pitchers. Yeah. And it just it has not worked, and we're seeing a lot of the same issues come game to game which is a problem because it feels like they're kind of stuck in their ways and they're not wanting to make legitimate changes to try and compete and win. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from that the Royals are not, you know, trying to get out in front. They're acting like major league baseball in a way, like they are not being proactive. They're being reactive. And that's not what you want to be when the product on the field has been awful. And it's tough. Like we we were kind of throwing this around pre-show, like, yeah, we want to see this person gone. We want to see this roster move made. That's not a guarantee to work either. And yeah. it's it's just one of those things where I'm not going to claim, like you said, I'm not going to claim like I know better, but some of these things seem so uh, obvious to the casual fan even. I would even call us an above above average fan, if, if you will. But even a casual fan can see that the starting pitching is not taking a step forward. What's the deal there? Nothing, nothing's the problem. Okay, so let's just keep doing what we're doing and keep throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what fits. Okay, uh, I, I don't think that that's going to work, but let's just keep trying because I don't know any better. Uh, we want to keep throwing Ryan O'Hearn in the three spot and the four spot. Why? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Oh, we don't, we don't know. There's no real reason. Okay, I guess we'll just keep going. I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is here. It seems like there's obvious options that we can go and, and kind of make changes. But for some reason, they're not being made. They know better than me in that situation, I would, I hope. But that's not necessarily the case. And I, I would like to see some kind of shakeup. But again, we're 27 games into the season. That's 17% of the games played. It's been a very weird year already with days off. The weather's been crappy. So I can buy that to a certain extent. They don't want to make any drastic changes till game, what they always say, like 40 um, so if that's the case, then we're just going to bide our time a little bit longer. The season's not done. Let's just a little more patience is not a bad thing in this situation. Cause at the very least we go back and let the kids play, let the kids figure it out, grind their teeth. This is always going to be how it's going to be for most kids. Most kids are not going to set the world on fire. They're not Juan Soto. There's a reason why Juan Soto is Juan Soto. <laughs> There's a reason right. why, why Daniel Lynch, Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, uh, that uh, Jackson Coar, all these dudes are struggling at that next level because it's the hardest damn game to play in the world. So it, it, it's, I, I totally get the angst. I totally get the frustration. I totally understand where every fan is coming from. It's just, it's tough for me to just, the sky is falling after 27 yeah. games. So it's just one of those things where I'm trying to grit my teeth and hope that a Whit Merrifield home run and starting, uh, John Heasley next tomorrow is going to change things and things are going to turn around and there's positive regression coming. And I mean, even fan graphs have them uh, going, what, 400, 
or a 434 win percentage for this year, 70 and 92. So that's positive regression. We're going to see something at some point. The math is there and just the baseball gods are not that fickle. I don't think. I I don't think so, but it's also baseball. <laughs> so who knows? I, I think like I generally did not have super high expectations for the season. I knew sure. there was going to be some growing pains and I knew that, kind of running out a little bit of an older roster with a lot of guys either on the back end of their career or just that are not good big leaguers, that it probably was going to be kind of up and down. Mm -hmm. I just didn't expect things to bottom out this quickly in in certain areas. And I think that was a lot of – that's a lot of where my frustration goes. And I think that generally is kind of the way other Royals fans are too. Mm. Now, I I say that if they were 9-18 and – and Bobby was up playing every Bobby's playing every day. You get MJ in the lineup every day, some combination of Olivares, Isbell every day. You decide, you know what? I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you've been a great steward of this organization, but we have a thousand plate appearances of data that you are not an everyday big leaguer. Vinny Pasquantino, here you go, dude. Nick Prado, here you go, dude. <laughs> like, and just get them in the lineup and they go nine and 18. Okay. Yeah. Like, yep. it's at there's, least there's a direction. Play- there is a direction. They are playing towards the future of the yeah. organization. Mm-hmm. The next good Royals team is going to have a lot of these guys on there. And I know I talked about this last week, but I think the let the kids play thing is going to be a recurring theme on this podcast until things <laughs> turn around or until I'm blue in the face and we're still watching a lot of this same lineup in September and the Royals are 35 games below five, a month out <laughs> in the, the standings. Mm-hmm. So I there's some it's- frustration I understand some stuff. Like I'm not going to claim like there's a reason why JJ Piccolo, Dayton Moore are in the positions that they are. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of the issues that we're seeing stem from their, you know, from that area. Mm-hmm. And one thing, I, and I, I will defend Dayton Moore to the end. I, I'm with Alex on that. But I think what will could end up being the undoing of the Dayton Moore era in Kansas City, and I'm not trying to get too hyperbolic here, but it is the loyalty to a fault to a lot of players. Yeah, And I, loyalty is a good thing, inherently a good thing. You want to be good to your people. That's what people talk about in Kansas City and, the, and people that are outside the Royals organization and inside the Royals organization, how great the culture is in that aspect. But you held on to Whit Merrifield for too long. You needed to trade him a couple of years ago if you really wanted to compete. I understand wanting to keep him around and have a guy, you know, with a, through 100 lost seasons and just a stalwart fan favorite dude. I understand it. But yep. from a baseball sense, like that, if you really wanted to do right by what Merrifield, you would have traded him to a contender so he can go play playoff baseball before he's out of his prime. Yeah. The the loyalty to get it to keeping Ryan O'Hearn in the lineup every single day. And and what I mean, and when I talk about this, and I know people will maybe want to to spin it as I hate Ryan O'Hearn. I don't. I don't have I have no ill will towards him whatsoever. There's just enough data out there that flatly you can see that he is not an everyday big league ball player. He's maybe a platoon bench bat somewhere. But the Royals have tried since his – he was great in 2018, and they tried 2019, 2020, 2021, stick him in the lineup in a lot of everyday spots, and he's been 35 to 40% below league average for most of his entire career. That doesn't cut it at any level. So – my frustration lies with the organization feeling the need to kind of force feed that and try and make it work when it clearly has not. When you have almost a thousand plate appearances, that's a really big sample in baseball. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, it, like you got to cut ties and you have to move on. The Continuing weird thing is like, it, it's also a Matheny thing. 
Like, yes, it would be one thing it if is. it's the and front I, office. I, and, like, and I don't, when I mean like the organization, that means like the coaching staff, the front office, kind of all yes. in the you know that conglomerate because they're all they on the same page. Is my they're point. all like, on the same page? They're all all in the camp, and it just blows my mind how it's like, yes. So how can that, you justify it I, to the fans and also yourselves? What is the yes, justification? So, if there is, let us know. I would love to know it, and, and maybe I, that'll quote some of these things. But the stats, the things that are open to the public don't add up right and like i i kind of mentioned a little bit ago that we've been kind of sold a, a bad batch of goods for this season was we were told the royals by the organization that they believe they could start moving toward that competing window mm-hmm. this year and that is mm-hmm. clearly not the case and i i don't know if it was and i i don't want to believe that they are ignorant to they want, you know, truly believe, yes, we're going to win this year with a team that's probably going to lose 90 plus games. I don't mm-hmm. think they're, but I do wonder, it's probably some combination of trying to keep fans interested and also thinking that you actually can. And so, you right. know, if things fall the right way, then you're going to do that. Yeah. If they had and- walked into this year and said, hey, we're going young, it's not going to be pretty at times. We're going to get all these guys in here, we're going to make it go. I think if the Royals were, like I said, if the Royals were 9-18, and 18, all those guys are playing, and the pitchers are out there every fifth day, and they're getting their work, and they're trying to develop, and they're getting better, I don't think fans would be upset with where we sit right now. Yeah. But, but the they lineups... Get, they are, keep beating us the same line every year. Exactly. It's and been that, that way for the last three years. Like, we're not rebuilding. We're reloading. We're going. It's like, great. I love the lip service. Let's do something. And then they it, do And then nothing. they don't. And then they do nothing, or it doesn't work. So... <laughs> Again, adapt or die. Like yeah. find a way to to make. And I feel like I'm just going to end up talking in circles, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's just. I mean, my, my thoughts are just spinning right now because I have so much. It's just. Yeah. It's just pure frustration at this point in certain areas with this. Like Alex and I talked about it last week at a, at a couple different points. The Royals do so many good things well. They treat their mm-hmm. people well. They've dr- generally draft pretty well. I mean, I, I don't – I'm not going to call any of those 2018 – like, I'm not going to try and, you know, be revisionist history and act like the 2018 class is all bad. And, right. And, you know, like some people want to do and just write all these guys up. I'm not going to do that. Sure. Uh, getting Bobby Wood Jr. is obviously huge. Mm-hmm. And they treat the people – they get them up, and they found ways to play winning baseball. I mean, Dayton, mm-hmm. Dayton Moore won a World Series in Kansas City. I know that looks like it was 20 years ago, but it was like <laughs> – but it, I mean, it doesn't help when you have 200 lost seasons in there yes. immediately following the, that core leaving and not even being able yep. to get back to the playoffs after 2015. So there's some stench there. Like, I get yeah. it. I, I get that frustration too. So there, there's a lot here, man. There, it is, it I was is just thinking about. I was thinking but, about the other day, like the comp picks that we're talking about the 28 class was that core. So yeah. you basically, all right, we have to take these comp picks and turn them into something and then the whole last three years we've been told hey this is something they've done something they've got dudes they're making some internal changes they're jumping up with analytics they're examining things more mike Matheny is more like well-rounded as a manager now as a old school that does meet analytics and we still are missing that last step of development yeah and that is where we are and i mean there's what say what you want about cal eldred He's obviously something is not clicking with these dudes. And if you're, we've always credited Max Reaper with this, but if you're not part of the 
uh, solution, you're part of the problem type of thing. And it doesn't seem like Cal Eldred is able to reach those guys. But at the same time, it, maybe it's the bullpen coaching, but the bullpen's been pretty solid the last oh, few yeah. years. So there's some success stories from the pitching staff in this organization that people want to look over because the problem with the pitching staff, a problem with the starters in particular, and started with the young starters. They can't, they haven't developed anybody that we were told that it was going to be, you know, this group is going to have at least two, maybe three, maybe four guys that can start baseball games for this club. And now it's kind of looking like none of them can. Uh, that is a problem, but I don't know where to go after that. Well, yeah, it's, it's really tough when you kind of banked about 80% of the rebuild on the pitching. Yeah. So you have to get somebody in there that can get to these guys and figure yeah. it out. And I, the, the quote I think you were going for, and I'm not trying to like correct you or anything, but I think, no, I think Max Reaper said, I don't think Cal Alger is part of the, is the problem, like yes. the whole problem, yeah. but he is certainly not part of the solution. Yes. So at that really point, you know, you probably have to move on at a certain point and try and get somebody in here that can get to these young pitchers, be able to fine tune and figure things out. There are so many organizations that are getting just awesome at player development. Go pick their brain, go figure it out. Like yeah. go talk to, I know outside organizations. A lot of guys are, are finding that, um, you know, uh, Daniel Lynch goes and, and works elsewhere in the off season. Brad Keller has um, Scott Barlow does at KCSC. So they're like, fine. Maybe finding some of these independent guys is the way to go. Like, uh, mm. like when the Reds uh, hired Kyle Bodie, you know, just to try and do something different. And Hey, the Reds are actually pretty good at developing pitching. Now they got hundred green Nick Lodolo in the big leagues now. So, you know, there, there's something there. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to try and, you know, act like, you know, and I know Royals Twitter really wants to do it of fire everyone, <laughs> you know, put their heads on pikes, you know, march around Kansas city. It's like, guys, <laughs> we're, we're 27 games in certainly the metrics and st- things that we were seeing are startling. Like mm-hmm. the Royals have the 20, I think, I think now it's like the 28th offense in baseball. The they're around like 27th or 28th in team ERA. They're 29th in runs game, per game. Twenty-nine. Yeah, like none of this is good. <laughs> yeah. It's not. And so, don't sell me on that we're trying to win this year. Yeah, I don't. It's, please, like, I don't want to hear any more of that. I don't want to hear. Oh, we're going to turn this around. It's going to be a really good story. It's like, like I, I'm hungry. I'm going to go. Hmm, what can I have? Oh, McDonald's. McDonald's usually a good go-to. I think you know my expectations are you know. They're fine. I think it's a meal that will fill me up, but it's not going to be not going to be life changing. And then I get home and they put those damn raw onions on my double quarter pound with cheese. It's like, what the hell, man? I'd had low expectations, and you still screwed me over in my my crappy food. Like that's where I what I feel like as a whole in in this season so far. But again, I've only had a couple bites out of the burger, and maybe it's only onions on the on the one part. So it's always coming back around the food with me, man. So, Hey, I respect it, man. Everyone's got their, their, everyone's All got their brain. analogies. I get it. Uh, so let's try and have some tangible solutions here before I just keep rambling. So yeah. I think what the is- easiest move to make is bringing up one of Vinny or Nick Prado or both mm-hmm. parking Los Dos and putting them at first base DH right field, whatever you have to do to get them in the lineup. And you're probably going to see some decent production. Like Vinny is doing really, he had that weird slump in the middle of last week, but yep. his sixth home run, he's still walking more than he's striking out right up around his career average of around 50% better than league average hitting wise. And he's going to put together a bat similar to what MJ Melendez is doing. 
mm-hmm. putting together really good, solid at bats where they're hunting pitches. They're getting, they're going to take a walk if it's there. They're not going to swing like crazy. It's going to be very different than what we're seeing with a lot of the established veterans here that they're very aggressive hitters. They don't walk a lot. Um, yeah. Bobby Wood Jr. has always kind of been that way. I'd like to see him walk a little more, but he's, at least he's not striking out at the same, you know, the clip of like Salvi right now, cutting around like 38%. So there, right. there's a lot there with those guys getting Vinny in there. And maybe there's something to, hey, getting these guys in, inject something and helps mm-hmm. out the veterans of seeing what they're doing at the plate. Like there's maybe there's something there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it lights a fire. Yeah, maybe it lights a fire. Like, yeah. They they talked about. I think I think Dayton Moore talked about when they brought Hosmer up. It was like the break glass move of like <laughs> we need a spark. And then Hosmer yeah. came up and and he was third place in rookie of the year. Like he was really good, and that helped turn the tide a little bit. Yeah. And that 2012 team wasn't a completely awful. So mm-hmm. maybe there was something too. Hey, if we bring these guys up, we won't be completely awful. Maybe there's something then- to that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And that's that that's tough because they have, I mean, all four of those guys between Singer, Lynch, Kowar, and Bubich have been circling in and out of revolving door in that pitching staff and in that bullpen. Yep. They've also brought in Bobby Witt Jr. They've also brought up MJ Melendez. How much is Vinny and Prado? And I mean, is that really all we're looking at as far as like those guys to come up and maybe jumpstart something is like, how effective are they really going to be at that? Because they've already tried to do that with like six other guys and it hasn't worked. So I, I understand where you're coming from. And I totally agree that Vinny has a earned his keep here. O'Hearn has certainly proven that he's not that guy. Carlos Santana, not going to be around in the long term. Might as well. It's yeah. one of those, there's options. You can't sell me something without there being saying that, you know, there's no other better options when there clearly are options to go with. Yes. And now moving to the starting rotation, mm-hmm. I do think Brady Singer is going to work his way back into the rotation here soon. He has looked pretty solid in AAA. He is actually, there is actually a legitimate em- emphasis on him throwing his changeup. And it's mm-hmm. not like, it doesn't have to be a plus pitch. It doesn't 100%. have to be, it doesn't have to be elite. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It just has to be there. 
and not yeah. just as a show me like, oh, one oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lob this over and then go back and throw 20 sinkers and sliders in a row. Like <laughs> just make it there so that it at least the hitter has to think about it. Yeah. So there's you have a 33% chance of being right and not a 50% chance of being right, of guessing right on what pitch he's gonna throw. Yeah. So it I think it, it'll help and it's actually got pretty decent shape. It's not like he's not, it doesn't bottom out. It's not nothing close to what Jackson Coart throws, but mm-hmm. yep. it at least looks effective. It plays off of his slider and a sinker fine. Mm-hmm. And just let's see what happens. And if it doesn't work or he continues to not be great in the rotation, I think he at least showed flashes. He can be a good reliever. Like he's throwing yep. 97 with the run he gets, that kind of bulldog FU mentality that he has. Plays really well in one inning spurts. I don't know how well it plays in over five or six. Yeah, like Max Scherzer is the only dude that can do that. And I would love. I know that Singer's talked about loving Max Scherzer before, and I would love him to turn into Max Scherzer on the mentality part. But it, it, at some point, it might. It, there, Max Scherzer is a freak, um, and yeah. that is the exception to the rule more so than the the form. Oh, the the other part of that the his changeup kind of reminds me a little bit of Grinky's just because. Um, it looks a lot like his sinker, only it's seven miles an hour slower. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, the shape isn't exaggerated like you're talking about Kowars, but it, like you said, it's, it's, it keeps him honest and that gives him something else to think about. I'm totally in on it. He doesn't throw it that much, even when he's down in Omaha, seemingly. I've only watched a couple starts though, so um, it doesn't seem like he's that, like, you, I mean, it's just something to think about. And I do, out of, out of necessity, he'll be back in the rotation very soon, I think, because well, it's, I mean, Bubich can't get past the second inning in most of his starts. So, and there was even talk that he was going to come into this game today. Yeah, I think I saw he was yeah. warming up. He was warming up, but they sent Joel Pions back out there. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it was just one of those like, "Hey, get ready just in case" or yeah. or what. But um, I don't know so what they're going to do with him. I, I wonder if the move is going to be because they're they're the announcer John Heath is coming up and he's starting yep. the game on Thursday in Texas. They said a core. I think they said a corresponding move will be announced tomorrow. I wonder if it is Chris Bubich going back down to AAA, and mm-hmm. that could be. And that I think is just going to be a. You're going to be down there for a couple of months. Get right, and come. And we'll see you in July, and yep. hopefully, they're able to work out some things there with his command and his delivery, whatever whatever the issues are uh, for him. There, there's many. I still like the stuff. I still think there's a viable big league pitcher in there. I just don't know what it looks like at this point. Right. So you know, we'll, we'll see. I I like him a lot, but I just don't know if he can sustain anything if he can't find the zone throwing 90. It's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. That's not gonna work. The 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 part that I wanted to kind of regarding the starting rotation, how much would another starter or two have an effect on this rotation? You're not putting quite as much uh eggs in the basket of this core, but you're also probably needed to spend assets, whether that be cash or prospects to bolster that rotation. Where are they? If they have like a Frankie Montas and I don't know, some, some other free agent guy who is going to hit a four or five ERA or something like that. Is that going to bolster this rotation enough to be 80, 84 wins? Or are we still just kind of treading water? We I think we're still treading it. water. Generally, I yep. think we're still treading water. I think Montas is, is solid. I still don't know if I want to trade for him. Sure. But uh, I think this is really speaking to kind of the draft philosophy of draft bats and pay for pitching. Mm-hmm. 
because there, as the old saying goes, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, and we're seeing that right now play itself out in real time at the big league level. So, even when you have 25 of them, <laughs> I mean, you could be the Angels and draft 20 in a 20 oh. round draft. So, who who knows? But it, I I have such a hard time believing that that none of these guys are going to pan out. Like, there's going to be a couple. Right. You're yeah. going to get like I think Daniel Lynch has a really good chance to sustain. I think Brady Singer has a chance to sustain in some level. I think yeah. John Heasley has a chance to to sustain. Johnny Bolin, Austin Cox, Alec Marsh. There are some other guys in there that have an Lacey. opportunity. Lacey. There are guys in the system that can come over the up over the next two years and and slot in nicely. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, a lot of those guys didn't have the ceiling of like front end rotation. I think correct. Lynch and Lacey were really the only ones that were considered to be potentially more than a three, four, five or a swing man. Yep. So, it, I mean, this all kind of adds up. It all, you know, it's not the worst. It's not our worst fears coming true. These guys are not all worthless. They all are a potential big leaguers, but yes. it's just, it's part of the process to grind the teeth, to, to hit the growing pains, to learn how to become a successful major league ball player. And it's just, I think this is part of the process. We got to chill a little bit and, yeah. uh, and sit tight, but, it's getting harder and harder for sure. Yeah. Like, it's hard to, you know, there's a certain level of impatience, I think with, mm-hmm. you know, from fans and from, from organizations that these guys need to go up right away. Like they're, they're been so good in triple A, like they have to be good at the majors. Not always. Mm-hmm. It takes some time. I mean, you look yeah. at like Carlos Rodon. I mean, it took him, he yes. got non-tendered. Holy and crap. Then he got non-tendered and then came back and was, and then got himself a really nice contract in, um, uh, in San Francisco, in San Francisco. so it, yep. sometimes it takes three to four years for the, everything yeah. to click. But and it's two shoulder surgeries, and, yeah. So there, <laughs> there's so, there's so many different ways that it happens for these guys. Yeah. So don't give up because of seventy big league innings. Like there's no mm-hmm. reason to do that. Yeah. So I, I just hope that the Royals give these guys every opportunity at the big league level. Mm-hmm. I, I I know I think it Chris Bubich deserves probably a demotion. I think Jackson Coar has some stuff to work out um, in Clearly, some yeah. form or fashion, um, both on the mound and probably between the ears. As I, I think that's where a lot of his stuff comes. I don't want to speculate too much, but it certainly seems right. that way because he doesn't look like the same pitcher at the big league level. He's and not then, missing bats. It's it's no. it's a very strange thing because when he was dominating AAA, his strikeout numbers were crazy, and yeah. now he's and now not he, doing any of that either. He's, so he's not even doing that at AAA. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to see Brady Singer back soon. I want to see Daniel Lynch get every opportunity. I want to see John Heasley. I want to see Angel Zerpa uh, up here mm. soon at some point. Like there, there's a lot of guys that I think can slot in and and make way, even if it means going to a six man rotation by mm-hmm. August. Just I'm to curious get... to see what happens with Keller. Yes, because I, he's what got three years left of something club control, like that. and I mean he and he's been good. Uh, yes. His last start got got blown up a little bit yesterday, and I do bit, think yeah. that some of that is the regression to the mean that's probably coming. Yeah, um, and that's and that's not to to crap on Brad Keller. Is he had a sub two ERA and the FIP was over three and a half, so it was going top, to swing top back to pitcher in baseball. Yeah, so I don't know if he's that guy, anyway. but he is very good. He's still good, and like yeah. a four run outing. If that's your worst that you have over a six week period, cool, dude. Like, yeah. he's been great. <laughs> if that's so, getting shelled or getting blown up as four, four and five and two thirds or whatever it was, fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to worry about that. So, and then I, well, what I, what I am afraid of though is the continuous the continuation of the having to go to the bullpen so often. And I know they're doing mm-hmm. a bullpen day today. I think it was. uh 
Royals Weekly talked about the Royals are doing a bullpen day today. They play 14 games in a row and 19 games in the next 17 days. Yeah, so I don't know how well that's going to work. Now, they are, they're on their, I believe, their fourth pitcher at this point. Uh, let me see. Maybe just find. three. I think it was. Uh... Yeah, third. So Spire went two, Pionce yep. went three, and now Colin Snyder's in. Uh, yep. Gave up an absolute tank to Brad Miller. They do a fastball <laughs> right down the middle. But if they can get through this game, throwing only maybe four guys, five guys, and at an inning apiece, that being able to get three from Pionce was huge. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know if I love this move. And now you got to go to Colorado where you're probably going to get shelled because it's Colorado. Um, <laughs> I don't care if the Rockies are good or bad. We know how Coors Field works. Well, we probably, Grinky probably lines up in there somewhere, right? So I don't That'll know if he's least. qualified for getting shellacked, but he he's probably not immune to it. But, but yeah, no. I mean, it, it's not a good position to be in. But at the same time, like if there were ever a team that were potentially able to do that, it might be the Royals trying to figure out what pitcher is going to stick. Yep. Because like you said, Zerpa's still on that 40-man. He can be called up tomorrow. Uh, Bolaños is in that bullpen. He can eat innings. Bubich is in that bullpen. He can eat innings. Carlos Fernandez is still there. He can eat innings. There's there's dudes that can eat up innings, multiple three, four, five innings potentially that you can throw out there, but it's not a great position to be in for sure. No. So, you know. There, there's a lot there, and I think the bullpen has certainly been the bright spot of this team so far and a lot of different areas. Gabe Spire was the opener today. Still mm-hmm. has not given up a run now in 11 innings. He has been awesome, a huge uh, a huge story for this team, and a lot of fun. I know mm-hmm. Colin Snyder's given up a bomb, but he's been a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, Amir Garrett's gotten touched up a little bit, but I think he's still going to be just fine. I think there's a lot. there's still lots of like with him. I think Carlos Hernandez, I don't, I don't know where what his future is. He's yeah. I mean, he's just a bizarre pitcher. You would think <laughs> just bizarre. Like there are sometimes he looks like holy crap, this dude can mm-hmm. be in a, you can slot this dude in every fifth day, and we're gonna and then there are other days where it's like, how is he not in triple A right now? And yep. there's not much in between there. Like it goes inning to inning, at bat at at bat, where who knows. He seems like I, the next guy that's like we get the report of like he has the best stuff in camp, and then he just keeps getting shellacked on a regular basis. You're like, well, because uh, he throws 99, he doesn't spin it well, and there's no deception to his delivery yeah. whatsoever. So does he get moved to the bullpen with two pitch of the 99 with the hammer curve? I think he should. I, I think that's the best place for him to be. I wanted him there before the season started. I thought yeah. that maybe was his best. Like, yeah, go blow it out for an inning. And yeah. I bet he probably can hit triple digits pretty consistently if they just let him eat out of the bullpen. And I'm that's fine. fine. Yeah. 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 If you if you want to make him your sixth inning guy or something like that, or you're set, yeah. you know, put him in, in the seventh with a comfortable lead, then cool. I, I think that could be his best place for him to succeed. Like, and I, I think that is some of it too. Putting guys in positions to succeed mm-hmm. is certainly another thing that I want to see happen a little more often. Yeah. And I, I'm fine with the, the I mean, they're kind of using uh, Barlow as like a supplier man guy. Stamon has been kind of a good late innings dude. Um, they've had guys that can that can match up really well, and I think Coleman's they are been really good, good as of late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Snyder and and Taylor Clark are both great as far as yep. getting ground bouts and stuff goes. So it feels like they're actually doing great job pairing guys up in that bullpen. So again, that bullpen is a strong suit. The defense is a strong suit. 
Um, but it's it's the other part, the starting pitching and the offense that need to come around, and we're probably cooking with oil. So that's kind of where I'm at here is what is the simplest thing that they can do to turn this ship around? What is, the, is there one thing? Is there two things that are fairly simple that that can actually right the ship and do this the right way or at least light the spark, turn things around in the clubhouse? Because according to Alec Lewis in the athletic article, they're getting visibly frustrated with how things are going. Mike Matheny's holding press conferences being like, yeah, we're all pissed off, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what is is there a simple move that they could do right now? And, and that, I mean... Is, I, we we talk about it all the time. Benny Pasquatino, he's a big let's team let, guy. He's let, a leader. It's guy. let I the mean, kids play, man. It's let the kids play. If you're gonna be, be bad, if you're gonna be bad, at least be bad and interesting. But I'm not. I'm not trying to sell out the year. I mean, the bad and the interesting. No, I totally I, understand. And, and I here's agree. the thing: how much worse could it get? Not much, because <laughs> you are currently pacing 106 losses. Right. I right. am of the belief that if you put all the young guys in the lineup it's probably better than what you're running out right now with Could dudes be. that have no big league experience. Mm-hmm. They're just flat out more often than not better players. Yeah. And, and if you be, really are I mean, serious about winning, you put your best nine out there. Yeah. And the Royals haven't done that at any point this season. Yeah. It's peculiar. I do wonder, it does seem like the, the Melendez, the Bobby Witt Jr., the Emmanuel Rivera's, they come up and they're actually – looking at least as good if not better than their veteran counterparts so i do wonder if you know potentially adding of any pasquantino i mean i don't know about prado he was he got really hot before getting hit in the head uh and going on the il but i mean maybe that's a thing maybe the offensive bats and stuff are a little bit more further along they're willing to wait on them a little bit longer and maybe they're a little bit maybe that's it maybe that is the move but it just seems like they <laughs> they aren't far away it doesn't seem like even though they – it does seem like they are. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, like I, I get it. I think it, they're so close, but they just don't want to make that final move. Yeah. It's, it's how it feels. Like they, I think they want to, and they talk about these guys really highly, and then like, now nah, they'll stay in triple A. We're so close cool. to McDonald's double quarter pounder of a cheese. So close. Yes. <laughs> so I do close. Think, just get those damn onions out of here. I, we got a I good do meal. think MJ Melendez is up to stay. I think he. Uh, I. I don't see a. I don't see a move for him back down. I think he has yeah. been really impressive. I know Especially the stuff behind the will to sit him as much as they are. Yeah, I mean, and they, they hell they wanted to put they almost put him on the right field yesterday. Yep. Um, that move got changed very fast. I don't know if that what was, was that? basically they give a reason. I, they never that? said. I know some people on Twitter were like, "Oh, they watch him in warm so we're like, "Nope." I'm like, hey, "Don't be an ass." Hey, I mean, it can't be worse than sticking Hunter Dozier out there like they almost there. You know, well, they I stuck Whit Merrifield out there, and that <laughs> I what MJ Melendez is a good enough athlete. I bet he can probably be as good as Whit Merrifield in center in right field. I think that's yeah, I think that's actually true. Yeah. So whatever they can do to get his bat in the lineup, uh, I'm I'm okay with them not like pushing him along. Like he's not he's sure. not the same ceiling as Bobby Wood Jr. He doesn't need to be in the lineup right. every day, but at least until he gets comfortable. I I think he's mm-hmm. an everyday player by. About a month from now, I think yeah. I, I can see them finding ways to get him in the lineup every day. And yeah, yeah I think he's proven his worth there. He puts together the best at bats anybody on this team right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't, I don't think there's any reason to send him back down to triple A. So when Cam Gallagher does get healthy, I'm curious what the move is there. Yeah, me too. 
uh, I, I would be very frustrated if that were the case and they do, do send him back down to AAA because that, again, tells me it's a move not trying to win. Right. And that – you try to like goes back – it goes back to that, that loyalty type thing. Yeah. And I, again, I, to a certain point, I get it. But as I mentioned a little bit ago, you got to get your best nine on the field yeah. and getting your best nine in the field means putting MJ Melendez out there at least four days a week. So I think that is the perfect opportunity to transition to potentially the hardest uh, choice to make here. So you got the loyalty factor, you got the team leadership factor. You've got the proven commodity in the past kind of declining in Whit Merrifield. Every fan wants to see Whit Merrifield as a Royal succeeding like he's always been. He was the one who missed the contention window. He signed that extension to stay in Kansas City, albeit didn't buy out that many free agent years, but he did uh, did choose to stay in Kansas City for at least an extra season or two. Obviously one of the worst hitters in baseball thus far. Having a good night tonight, though. He's on base again for the third time at least at this, at this point. So what do you do? with Whit Merrifield if you're Piccolo slash Dayton Moore? I think it's just as simple as giving him a break. Like, but, I think he's still a good part of this team. Like, sure. I, you, you missed your window to trade him. Yes. You missed that a long time ago. So Probably that's so. not going to happen now. So you're kind of stuck with him. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with him being in the lineup most days. Hmm. Like, generally, I'm okay with it. I'm not, like, you know, get rid of him. But just – He's not going to reach Kyle Ripken Jr.'s streak. <laughs> it's cute. Well, like, it's cool. It's awesome to see that a guy can man the post every day. Right. But it is very clearly having a detriment on his season. Mm-hmm. And I know they had a cut in there. I know that people want to make this. He's like, well, they had three days off in Baltimore. Right. Cool. He's still preparing. <laughs> like, get, sure. Mike Matheny, I want him to go up to his desk or to his locker and go, hey, dude, don't even get dressed today. Like, don't even go out to BP. Like, you're gonna you're gonna sit tomorrow, take some time, relax, and we'll get ready for the game on pick a day. I think like I, I don't want him to to sit there and play 162 games. I think it would be terrible for him. Mm-hmm. Could so be. I so I think that's that's where I sit. Is just give him a break, give him a couple days off, get him out of the lineup what, if you really if you really need a pitcher late in the there? game. Yeah. Like- <laughs> You can't either they're not going to trade him. They're, they're not going to trade him. They're not going right. to release him. They're not going to DFA. They're not going to cut him. Right. So but he's clearly a option. hole. He is clearly a hole in the lineup until tonight. So until tonight, yeah, he's everything tonight. So give him a give him some rest is the best yeah. thing I can think the Royals can do for him. It's it's a tough situation because I I am a firm believer in him being the guy in the clubhouse. Um, I yes. think he is the guy that kind of. He's the, he's the glue guy. He's also the leader, leads from the front. And it's hard. It's got to be tough on him to be, like, struggling at this point, knowing that he wants to be that guy, that all these dudes thinks he's that guy, and still, like, the worst hitter in baseball and getting just, like, bounced around this lineup to wherever he'll hurt you less. That's yep. got to be a tough shot to the ego in and of itself. So maybe the days off is a thing and, and absolutely will benefit him. Um, it's just it just kind of points to what do you do like you're kind of stuck if you're in that situation like the O'Hearn and the Carlos Santana situation there are options you can't sell me a bill of goods that is not true but the Whit Merrifield thing like you gotta he's not going anywhere he can't go anywhere he shouldn't go anywhere so it's it's a way tougher situation than 
than the other situations, I think. Yeah, it certainly is is a a weird one. And because like I said, like there's there's not all the options there there are for some other you know right. lineup things. Right. And so, you can do that with with some dudes, like some of those options are there, some of them are not, and that's just how it is. Some teams can throw money at it. Some teams can't. They can throw prospects at it. Some people are just stuck. And I feel like that's what that's like Alec Lewis talked about one foot in the contention window or one foot in the contention water, one foot in the rebuild water. Yep. And you're stuck. You cannot move from one from from any of them until you get shoved out type of thing. So, yep, that's where we are. Yeah. I don't want to belabor the point too much. Obviously, we are 28 games into the season now at this point. Obviously, it's not right. been good. Uh, there's still a lot of season left, and I hope that they can find a way to turn things around here soon. They're at four to one now, uh, here in the seventh as we we're recording. So hopefully they can get get one here, go for a, a series win tomorrow in Texas before heading on to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, you have any final thoughts here before we get out of here? Um, final thoughts. Um, the new Jack Harlow album is really good. I'm a big fan of that album. I have not liked new hip hop in a long time, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of that album. Just kind of every time I listen to it, I like it even more. So if you if you're haven't touched in on hip hop any time lately, uh, I would recommend going and checking that out. But other than that, just be good to each other, man. I mean, we're all just out here struggling, <laughs> all just <laughs> trying to keep our heads above water, including every member of that Royals organization. So yeah, uh, just be good to be each other. Be a be a beacon of positivity is all I got to say. Yeah, be be a God. What's his name from that show? Jack Vegas. Jason Ted Lasso. There it Ted is. Ted Lasso. Oh my God! People are gonna hate me for forgetting his name. <laughs> I don't know why I said Jack. Jack Harlow's just on my. Own. Jack <laughs> Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Be, be Ted Lasso Maybe. out there. Believe. Be a goldfish. Whatever mm-hmm. other awesome stuff he says. I've never watched the show, but I've heard it's. Amazing. It's great. Highly um, recommend checking it out. I don't have any final thoughts tonight. Let's just hope the Royals can get a win and. I want to. I want to have positive vibes on this podcast. It yes. is too early in the season for Hellfire Damnation. Like it's uh-huh. too early for it. I don't want to have to get there. I can get there, but I don't want to. God, I want to be. I, if it doesn't, if it gets this bad the whole time, what happens? Is there like there, four people in my, that stadium? My background is gonna, my my background is going to be the Elmo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of just Elmo with his arms up, everything is on fire. <laughs> Like that'll be my background on a, on an episode. If the Royals lose yeah. like 12 in a row, so, I don't want to get to that point guys. Um, right. the, we'll be this glass Goodbye, will be filled up to here. It'll be a, it'll be a five fingers of Jameson. Let's get it. Yeah. Good vibes tonight. Four to yeah. one. Things are turning around. We just needed a weird shakeup bullpen with Merrifield's right now. We got this. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but thank you all for listening. Subscribe to KCSN on YouTube here. Hit that notification bell. Don't miss anything that we have going on here at KCSN. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our audio channel, KCSN Kansas City Royals. Don't miss an episode of this show or Royal Farm Report. We have an interview with Noah Cameron coming up on the next episode. Uh, Lefty at a, uh, playing for the Columbia Fireflies, local kids. So we're, we're excited to get him on. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.